Welcome to My Soul Dog Podcast with me, your host, Stephanie Nillis. I'm a certified professional dog trainer and I don't like to cook, but I do love my dogs. So sit right there while we discuss all things dog training, hydrotherapy, tips, tricks, and everything in between. Well, welcome back, you. It is so nice to be with you again. It has definitely been a hot minute. Boy, life can get really complicated at times, and you just got to start throwing things off the ship, right? So anyway, the podcast was one of the things that was thrown overboard, but we're back. We are back, and definitely this needs to happen because right before Thanksgiving, I think it was that Wednesday, I was bombarded with the same exact question. And I thought, oh boy, we need to have a talk about this. So it is all about the canine influenza, the canine respiratory virus that everybody is up in arms about right now. So Yeah, let's kind of unpack that a little bit. Now, I just want to preface and say that I am not a veterinarian. I don't claim to be. I don't know everything. I am not a fortune teller. I don't have a crystal ball. But I do like to take a look at what's in front of me and make the best decision I can at that time. And I always reserve the right to pivot. I like to pivot sometimes. And if you've been following me at all, you know that my dogs are my absolute pride and joys. They're just my babies. And I would just be beside myself if anything happened to my latest little boy, Avi. Um, He is just my little treasure. So definitely uh, it's something that I am going to be cautious about. But I don't want to be fearful of. So, and it's definitely something that we need to talk about. I mean, there's 89.7 million, no, million, I believe, dogs in the world. And that was, that study was done by the pet industry. And that was back in 2017. So it's like, who knows how many dogs are out there now. And we've got to really consider kind of how big is this canine respiratory virus? How big is it? And I also like to remind people that the media, the media loves to get a reaction. They want people to gasp. They want people to play on their insecurities. That would be one of my insecurities that my dogs would have to go into the vet and stay there for multiple days and be in an incubator. And, you know, it would just be awful. That would be awful. It would be hugely stressful. But what's the likelihood of that happening? I don't know. I don't know what the likelihood is right now pretty low. From where I'm standing, it's pretty low. My dogs are only interacting with fully vaccinated dogs. Those dogs aren't traveling from state to state to state or country to country. They're the usual suspects. So 
it's pretty low. And what the canine influenza, it's very much mirroring kennel cough. And kennel cough is a type of doggy cold, if you will. It's its own little strand. And they will present a runny nose. And the runny nose will get to be, go start from clear and it'll get to be more mucousy, more yellow, more green. They will have a cough and it'll be very phlegmy, um, a very fluid-like cough. And it will taper down into a dry cough. And then it will go away. Um, They could have loss of appetite, for sure. And, you know, those you can go and get a Bordetella shot for the kennel cough. But you also have to keep in mind that's not necessarily going to protect your dog from getting kennel cough. Bordetella is only covering the certain strains, kind of like a flu shot. You get a flu shot, you could still get the flu. You hope that it will help. You hope that the strain coming out that year is is going to be included in the shot that you got, but guaranteed? Nope. Could you uh, hold a handrail that has some germs on it and touch your face and inhale that? Sure. Sure you could. And so could your dog. So the Bordetella is not necessarily going to just inoculate your dog from ever getting the virus. It can help. I've had dogs. It was funny when I was taking in a lot of rescues and one would come in and it didn't present the signs of kennel cough, but usually by that time they're already um, infecting others. So you, by the time you hear the symptoms, they have already been infectious for a long time. So, you know, five days before that. So what ended up happening was I had a bunch of dogs that were vaccinated with Bordetella and I had a bunch of dogs that were not. And so the dog came in with uh, the kennel cough and it was funny because a lot of my dogs who had the Bordetella, they all got sick, but my ones who were not vaccinated for Bordetella nor anything else, there isn't anything else, um, they didn't get sick at all. So riddle me that. So there's just no guarantee and there is not necessarily, once they figure out what this canine influenza, this strain that's coming out, what it is exactly, then they might start developing a vaccine for it. But we have no control over that. We absolutely do not. It may or may not happen. We're not sure. But what I like to do is just make our world where it is, right here, right now, what's in front of us. Let's just take a look at that. And so this canine influenza, it's just mirroring that kennel cough so much. You're going to see those same kinds of symptoms. You just won't know if it's your run-of-the-mill kennel cough or if it's something that you need to go to the vet for. So you're still going to have the runny eyes, the runny nose. It's going to turn mucousy. You're going to have loss of appetite. Um, They might get a little lethargic and they're just not their same selves. You know your dog. You know when they're not feeling good. 
So at this juncture, it's really recommended that you do go to the vet. And I've got to admit, there's a lot of times before this influenza, when my dogs, if they got kennel cough, I would not rush them to the vet. I wouldn't. I would do um, a lot of Manuka honey. I would keep them in the bathroom. Um, when I was showering, I got a dehumidifier and they would stay in a room with that going on to reduce their cough. Um, I let it run its course and they were healed just as fast as a dog who was on antibiotics. And so I just chose not to load my dog with antibiotics. Now, I do, I must say, that at this juncture, if my dogs were preventing or presenting rather signs that mirrored kennel cough, I probably wouldn't take the chance. I would be taking my dog in for fear that it might be that strain of influenza. It might be. But before that, I, I never would have. It, it was just kennel cough. We hadn't seen these um, cases at all. We have not seen these cases at all, but now we are, and um, it's hard to determine what it is. I mean, even the scientists, they don't know exactly what it is, therefore they cannot make a vaccine for it. It's like it's unlike anything they've seen before. And so they're kind of figuring it out. They're doing autopsies on dogs who have died from it, which has not been a lot. It has not been a lot. It's not a death sentence if your dog gets this respiratory disease. Now, if left untreated, could it be? Could they get pneumonia and die? You bet. Absolutely they could. But we have the information now that it is presenting the signs of kennel cough just like that. And so if you're seeing those signs, take your dog in right away. Of course, the faster you can get them in, then we can, the faster they can be on meds and hopefully get them over it. And if your dog is healthy, if your dog is just healthy, middle-aged, they have a really good chance of weathering it. It's kind of like people too, like your young population, your babies and whatnot don't have really strong immunities yet, and our older generations, our seniors don't have strong immunities anymore. It's that group right in the middle which is going to be the majority of our dogs. That's the majority of our population. It's that group in the middle. And we have a better chance of weathering these kinds of kinds of storms. And it could be something, you know, now that it's here and now that it's being spread, maybe they do come up with a vaccine for it. And it's something that we're going to be vaccinating our dogs for um, on a regular basis. You know, who knows? But what we know is what we have right now. Now, does that mean that you need to keep your dog in your home and never let them breathe air outside the house? Probably not. That probably is not reasonable. Although that is what the media likes to tell you. Again, they want the shock and awe value. They want to put this out that dogs are dying from this respiratory illness. You know, run for your lives. Well... How many dogs out of the 89 million dogs we have in the U.S.? That's not in the world. That's just in the U.S. How many of the 89 million dogs? We'll just say 90, just to round up, because that was in 2017. So out of the 90 million dogs that are in the U.S., how many have died from this? 
So that's a very, very, very small number. Very, very, very small. So what that means is I would be asking the places that I go, what is your protocol? But it should be the, you should have asked these questions before you even went. So I know with my daycare, I'm not telling people don't come. I'm going to do the same exact things that I've always done. I use a top, um, in my mop bucket, I use rescue. Um, it's a great cleaning agent. It's better than any bleach. I use that to clean the surfaces. I'm using plant based essential oils in the studio that are safe for dogs, that are great for the air. I'm washing out dog bowls. They're getting fresh water all the time. Their dog bowls are getting cleaned in between the refills. And yes, the dogs are getting together in daycare. Yes, they are mouthing one another. They're in close proximity. I do have an HVAC system. I do. But the dogs are in, they're in close proximity by choice. There's lots of space for them to spread out. But by choice, they'll gather up, they'll cuddle up, they'll romp, they'll play WWE. So definitely saliva is being exchanged. But what I do know, and it is the exact same protocol as I would have with without knowing about this canine respiratory stuff, that I would not let a dog in if they were coughing. I would not let a dog come to daycare if they had a runny nose. That is just normal from their wet nose, of course. We're talking abnormal stuff. I would not let a dog come in if they were not eating and that was not a normal thing for them. We, I do have dogs, you know, we, um, there's Minnie, um, Susie, if you're listening, hello, Susie owns Minnie and Minnie comes to daycare. She's not a big eater in the morning. Her missing a meal in the morning is not a big thing. That is normal behavior. So if Susie came and dropped Minnie off for daycare, I wouldn't be like, oh, she's not eating. Oh my gosh, get her out of here. Let's fumigate. Let's wipe all the surfaces down. No, that's normal, Minnie. She doesn't eat in the mornings. Her mom will pack her a lunch to come to daycare. And she usually gobbles up food at night. So that's where I would be taking my reading. I would want to be taking my reading, you know, what is abnormal to Minnie's normal behavior. So I just caution you. And you know, anybody can put anything up on the internet. Anyone can put anything up on Google. There are lots of talking heads. There's lots of opinions. I really want to stick to some science here in determining the best course of action for my dog. I think giving them, um, making sure that they have a really healthy diet, I think that's really where this diet thing plays in and where it really can impact your ability to weather storms like this is making sure that they have a really good diet. Really check on the quality of the kibble. Add some things to your kibble. I'm not anti-kibble. My dogs get kibble, but I do add a lot to the kibble. 
because I know the kibble is lacking. I know the kibble has been processed and a lot of those vitamins have been processed out due to the heat. So do I add things on? Absolutely. I add a lot of veggies on. I add oils on. I add some raw meat on. I don't cook for my dogs, but I do add a dollop of raw meat to every meal. So I want to boost their immunity as much as possible by adding all sorts of vitamins and minerals to their diet so they are as healthy as they can be to weather storms like this, that they might get sick, but their bodies have a fighting chance. They absolutely do. So... My recommendation is, is to quiet the noise around you, stay informed by research-based practices, research-based information that is coming out, follow those types of articles, and ignore the rest. It's not so important to be listening to what your neighbor's telling you or what your friends on Facebook are saying or the articles going out on Facebook. It's okay. We don't need to be following those. Lots of opinions. I know even a lot of people are um, closing down their sniff spots. I'm a part of a sniff spot community. And I thought, well, that is just ludicrous that I understand that people can make the choices that make them feel the most comfortable, but this would be a place for dogs to go that if you were really, really nervous, maybe you had a young dog, maybe you had an old dog, and you wanted a place to go, a sniff spot is a perfect place to go. And I do have toys out in my sniff spot, but if you're very concerned, they're all in tubs, cute tubs, because I was learning how to use my cricket machine, They're so cute, but I digress. Don't use the toys that are at the sniff spot. Keep them in their containers, but let your dogs sniff and enjoy the fresh air. That would still be good for them. That is not bringing harm to my dogs. It's outside. It is outside in the fresh air. Let your dog run around. And ask the places that you go to. You don't need to stop going to the groomer. But ask your groomer what the protocol is. Maybe choose a groomer. Like I go, you know, I take Avi to Brittany. It's on my Facebook page. It's just her and one dog in this studio. And get plenty of ventilation. It's not so big that surfaces aren't being wiped down. There's not any other dog in there. It's still okay for me to take Avi to Brittany's. And if there's any chance that Avi has anything going on with him, I will not take him. Please enjoy the sounds of my bulldog snoring in the back. I'm sure it's picking up here. I think there is not a podcast yet that Winston is not snoring in the background. I try to get my dogs all like quiet and settled, but you know, I just can't stop that snoring. (laughs) So the sweet sounds of Winston purring in the background. But anyway, I just, um, 
you know, I, I do love my dogs, but I think it's really important that we don't let things get away, run away with us, that we don't make things up in our head. It's not that it's not happening, but let's just look at the science behind it. Let's just make really good choices. You know, I think dogs can still go to classes. I think dogs can still go to daycare as long as protocols are being met. You know, in, in with my daycare, it is so small that it's not that we can't pass things along, but we can nip it in the bud really fast. I know every single dog that's coming into my daycare. They're like family to me. We are. I'm so small and intimate with my daycare. I know everybody. Every, they know me. It is so lovely. And it's like, oh, if I see anything off, I'm definitely telling mom or dad. But And I will follow the protocols just as I would in the beginning. I don't want any dog getting sick. I would never want that to happen. But we're just going to do our due diligence. We're just going to do our due diligence due diligence and make sure that we are monitoring how our dogs are feeling, monitoring their appetite, looking at them physically and making a judgment based on that. You're not going to be perfect. I don't expect anyone to be. There could be a slip up from time to time. And then I feel that it would be best practice that if we do have a cough now that we do go to the vet. We do not prolong that. We do not um, do the home remedies. I think that it is something I would not want it to go untreated and morph into pneumonia. That That's not fun. Um, you're just playing with fire there. And so it's like, well, let's not do that. But we can make some good choices. And um, don't let that shock and awe get you. Don't let that get you. Um, it's so close to, I mean, that whole grain-free thing when they just came out and were like, oh, your dog's going to die if they're on grain-free. They're going to have a heart issue and die. And everybody just started dumping their grain-free food like crazy. And then they came out and went, actually, that might not have been the case. We're sorry. <laughs> We're sorry. It might not have been as serious as what we thought. <laughs> it's like, okay, so you wanted to get everybody excited. Oh, well done. You did that. And then you came out and said, well, oops, oopsie-daisy, oopsie-daisy. We might not have been completely accurate with those findings. So, to this day, my dogs are on grain-free. So, no big deal. No harm, no foul. Everybody's healthy. We're all doing good. We're doing good. You're doing good. We're all doing good. So, with that, that is my thought on this canine respiratory illness. That is my thought. Um, and... There's lots of cleaning agents out there. You could be making sure your toys are washed down um, as well. I've even taken a lot of the toys out of my daycare. Um, you know, and they're so happy just playing with one another that they're not even, they're not going for the toys. So I thought, you know, that's one thing that I'm going to do. I'm just going to take those out. Um, that way it's just a one less surface that the babes are... Um, have exposure to and we're just going to play with one another we're going to do our nose work games we're going to do some training games we're going to do some obstacles we're going to do some of those kinds of things to give them the mental stimulation and just kind of omit the toys for the time being so we can definitely lower our 
oh, exposure, but we don't have to go so crazy. We don't have to go so crazy. Let's still make our dogs happy, but let's just make good choices about it. And as always, I am always up for questions. I'm always up for comments. Um, I am more than happy to have a discussion with you about this um, because I am in it for the dogs. I am absolutely 100% in it for these babies that give our lives so much quality of life. I hope you have a wonderful day. We're getting into that holiday season, so I know things are crazy. So take a deep breath. Let's just look out what's in front of us. What we, what can we do? And celebrate our wins. Look for the wins today. Celebrate those today. Let's stop at the end of our day and just look back on today and celebrate all that we have done. I will see you right back here next time with not so much time in between our podcasts because I've got some things to talk about. Take care. Take care.